0: Welcome to Machine Learning for this cause. Haggai 2. Yet be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Joshdak, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word I have coveted with you, when ye shall come out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear not. I wanted to uh, go straight to a um, a section on in this chapter. I'm thankful to that my father could see the love of my mother for him, and I as I listen to my daughter play her masterful composition on the piano, I feel gratitude for the union that made our family possible a man and woman coming together to form a family. The family is the most important unit in the universe. As my daughter plays the chords on the piano, I feel the quality of love and comfort in the love song. The expression of love are within the chords. The feeling reminds me of the days when I would sit and talk with my mother and have the feeling of familiarity and understanding descend upon me. A miracle I long for now, Love is a power that keeps families together. The great plan of happiness centers on the well-being and happiness of the uh, families. I'm grateful to my father for sacrificing his self-interest in marrying mom. He had promised education and career at BYU. He was a sprinter for high school on the BYU track. Team, on the track. Dad had served in the military and rose in the rank of staff sergeant. As a kid, I liked to wear my dad's uniform and hat around the house. I was impressed how professional the uniform made my dad look. Dad gave me my personal ambition to raise a family. He chose to take a school teaching position and earn money rather than complete his master's degree in chemistry. He chose to care for his family. In sync, mom and dad started their life together. They had worked hard. Mom stayed at home and raised Joni, Ken, and me while Dad taught high school chemistry. He bought a Jeep and the family spent time driving up the hills of Sheep Creek, Utah. Grandpa and Grandma sent many gifts to their grandchildren. Sweaters, uh, pedal-driven cars, rocking horse, sweater, toy guns for me. It seemed to have everything. Times were very happy and fun. Money was tight. I remember throwing a fit in the store because Mom did not buy me an item. I laid down in the island and cried and stomped my feet up and down. Later, I took my wagon and started walking back to the store to get the item I wanted. Mom's are the best. She took a picture of me walking back to the store. Love is unity. One day, a friend and I were talking. I was talking with a man about how My children seemed to be going their own way and doing their own thing and how difficult it was to get them together. And it seemed that only death or marriage would bring all the children together at once. My friend told me that his children had done the same thing until one of his sons was diagnosed with cancer in his jaw. His son went through chemotherapy and a bone transplant grafts and the doctors believed the cancer was dormant. However, the cancer spread to another part side of his jaw and his son underwent cancer treatment again in the meantime the family united and put aside their personal interests and became both a support and a friend and the family played games together laughed together and cried together they were the best of friends the son did not want to die and he fought hard to live however after 10 years he died of cancer the family was united at his funeral and respected the man's courage The Father told me, sometimes the Lord brings trials in our lives to bring families together. Our trials can become like gold because the unity that results if we choose to face adversity with courage. Paul taught a man and woman should reconcile themselves don't go to bed upset with advice given to man at, at my marriage given to man at my marriage a i love this advice as i build my family kingdom i should discover if you're upset at your spouse let time balance your opinion don't have to you don't have to be right right is about might let wisdom prevail seek the god's will Kneel down before your Creator and pour out your heart to Him. As you pray, the Spirit will shock you if your thoughts are not right. Humble yourself as the dust of the earth. Remove your ego, and then the way will be revealed like flowing water. Everything becomes easy. In rigid, rigid and inflexible relations, make sacrifices. Say to yourself, I don't like this, but I will for her because I know it makes her happy. Never speak cruel or critical statements to your wife. Like my mom said, David, if you can't say anything nice, don't say it. Do it. Don't be stubborn or proud. Strip yourself of pride and reconcile with your wife daily. Don't remorse one day and say to her, if only we had more time, I could make right things that I did wrong. Uh, I could make... Right, many things I did wrong. Make things right every day. As you pray together, make sure to pray that she will know your love for her. Always go to bed at peace with your wife. You will have a long and happy marriage as a result. You will have peace. Paul taught, the wife sanctifies the unbelieving husband. A believing and faithful wife can bring the Spirit of the Lord into the home. The power of the Spirit can sanctify the other person. They can draw on the strength and power of righteousness. There is a great strength that comes from having the Lord's Spirit with you. Only believe. Paul taught, Don't seek to be loose with your wife. Keep your eye on your wife. She should be the love of your life. Marriage is the reason a man and a woman will come together, his father and mother, and cleave to his wife. Cleave means one flesh, one heart, one mind. Over time, couples that work together are more alike than different. They become one flesh. Couples that make each other a priority learn to work and share together. The remorse will be, we did not share more. A marriage is about two people overcoming selfish desires and learning to serve each other and to care for and protect each other. Satan teaches a man, if you're not happy with your wife, find a consort. Rich and selfish men have many mistresses. Their eye is upon beauty and pleasure, sacrifice, love, and devotion of their wife. They want everything without paying a price required by justice. A man should be loyal to his wife and not divided devotions. He should not have a girlfriend, a work associate wife, or a woman he engages in casual sex with. He should not long to be away from his wife, but desire to be close to her and comfort her. Husbands need their wives. The wife can do things the man cannot do. Women can nurture children, impart distinct wisdom, generate a power of influence that men cannot produce. My mom was the kindest woman I know. My wife is a kind and thoughtful person. I love both. Women have a divine worth. Paul is saying women are not commodities or business deals to be abandoned. Women are daughters of our Heavenly Father, and they deserve to be treated as such. Paul taught, if you marry, then choose to care for your wife and don't care for worldly possessions. One of the great reasons the Lord continually asks the rich to to care for the poor is to free ourselves from the desire to possess things. If we love our possessions gold and silver, in this life more than people, we gain a strong attachment. Then, when we die, the desire to own these things will remain. We will not be free from their, uh, those lusts and desires. Perhaps, as men, we should give up our trucks, cars, ATVs, video games, and spend and focus our time on our wife. She is yours. Let her be the delight and joy in your life. A man who loves these things will become selfish, critical, and mean. Speak kindly and softly to your wife. She is more precious than gold or silver. Hold her hand. Tell her how much she means to you. And when you're old and lonely and she is gone, you'll remember her sitting by you and eating and keeping you company. Never forget her love. Paul taught a wife should be concerned about pleasing her husband. I always advise my daughters to work diligently to please their husband. It's important to encourage your daughters to express gratitude to their husband for working and providing for the family. A nice meal at the end of a laborious day is a delight. Women are not men's slaves. However, if a wife is sensitive to caring for her husband, they will recognize he will work himself to exhaustion every day to keep her happy, warm, and fed. He will love to sacrifice his ambitions for her Comfort and delight. Women have forgotten how much to influence they have over a man because the role of provider has been set aside by society. This is a a, a piece that I wrote uh, called For This Cause. And uh, it was co-authored with uh, Midori Garcia. And uh, I hope you like this. And I wrote this for my mother. So much pure, glorious light radiated from the divine being standing above her. He had shown her like a thousand suns. He had shown like a thousand suns. Bright white light that surprisingly no longer harmed her delicate eyes. The brightness played around the personage that stood before her. So bright that it hid his face at first. She could not see who she was staring at, but she felt drawn to him, as if it was burned within her that would not be satisfied until she was at his side. She didn't know where she was, but she knew that she felt absolutely nothing but total happiness. Pain, grief, sorrow, loss, heartache, anger, hurt, depression, all of these down, hard feelings that she knew were there, just a little while ago, were gone, replaced by glory, happiness, joy, love, and understanding. The personage above her began to step forward, the light dancing around him with very graceful step and movement he made. Once he came into better view, the light began to fade from his face, and there she finally saw the face of one she had felt strangely drawn to. His face was one of perfection; She had seen pictures. she knew that she had it uh, had imagined it to be, but the best artists on earth could not have ever fully captured the pure, beautiful love and peace that shone on his face. She gazed into his eyes with wonder, his look was gentle, caring, and intelligent. His eyes were full of knowing and understanding. Looking into them felt as if she were looking into a million mirrors. An infinite of knowing mirrored back looked at her. His clear eyes knew everything. They saw what no one else could. Captivating and bright, they softened her heart and placed her in a blissful peace. She blinked and in a millisecond that her eyes were closed, a sudden flood of memories filled her head. She remembered everything about the time before she had come here. Such a small, short time it seemed to be now. She saw a life, a life that happened before she came here. An entire lifetime washed before her eyes. A little girl gazed up at her earthly mother with love and respect. She wanted nothing more than to be just like her mom. Her first day at school, her mother kissed her and telling her she loved her. The bully at school would take her hat, the war against America and Japan, and being called a Jap. Excelling in her schoolwork and loving to learn. (coughs) Spending time with her father, watching his careful protectiveness over her and her siblings. Growing up and moving away with her parents, meeting a boy through a friend and falling in love with him. The woman and her new husband standing in front of an entire gathering of ones they love, standing close on their wedding day. The man and woman holding their first son, gazing down on him with so much love and adoration in their eyes, bringing home her first little daughter sitting in a room with all her children around her, teaching them the ways of righteousness, showing her children how to work hard by setting an example, always keeping her house spotless, learning all the tricks of being a parent, standing before a classroom of children, handing back uh, grading papers, kissing away the tears of her hurt child, pulling her husband from the torrent of a raging water after he had jumped in to save their first son, losing the mother and father that she loved dearly, sitting in a uh, crowded stared up At each of her children with pride as they were handed a graduation certificate, helping and encouraging each of her children to pursue their dreams, watching her first child stand before the one he absolutely loved on their wedding day, knowing that their marriage was going to be okay, even though it wasn't what she and her husband had wanted, holding and loving her first beautiful granddaughter, watching her kids move further and further away from her and starting lives of their own, going on missions with her husband to their own homeland of Japan, teaching each of other grandkids how to work hard, weeding her gardens, cooking for her large family on holidays, attending church services faithfully with her loved one, congratulating her grandchild on accepting into college, seeing her granddaughter's face glow as she stood before her new husband and knowing the love that they felt, moving to a place where she could be closer to her daughter, being able to see her grandchildren always, almost daily, seeing and holding her great-grandchild for the first time, finding the smallest of all bumps on her head, receiving the news of illness that had Taken root in her body, coming home and telling her husband of the deadly disease, trying to speak as much time with her, spend as much time with her family as she could, knowing that she would not be with them much longer, growing weaker and weaker as the illness took its toll, feeling helpless as she watched the pain on the face of the love, ones she loved, growing angry with herself for her lack of energy to do the simplest task lying on the sterile white bed, holding the hand of her husband, feeling a little scared of leaving him here than when they had been together for so long, hating each tear that left her deep brown eyes and tumbled down the leathered, hurt face, wanting so much to continue to be brave for him, but at the same time finding it difficult to even breathe, wishing that every hurtful feeling she had had in her Life was gone. Every anger, upset, and hateful feeling to some of her children at times, wishing she had more time to fully repair all of the damaged feelings. Finally, urging her hand to squeeze his hand a little harder as she felt her lungs begin to work harder just to keep the oxygen in them. Closing her eyes, the pain becoming too much for her, knowing that every moan and tear would only hurt him more, so holding each tear and moan back, finally taking her last breath, all of the tension, anxiety, and fright, leaving her last exalt. A smile formed on her lips, just like it had a billion times before, not feeling the pain that had swallowed her, her whole life, leaving this small world behind, come here to this place, Staring up at the face before her now, she opened her eyes again and looked into the clear, mirrored eyes. Tears brimmed below her lips, and suddenly she felt the deepest satisfaction that she had ever felt. She had made it. The contentment that she felt after defeating this long, trying, hard feat. It's the moment that you can finally relax and feel peace that comes with completing the hard goal. In those wonderful moments of final peace and pure joy, she finally knew the person standing before her. She recognized him from before her life on earth. Her master had been waiting all of this time just for her. Another wave of satisfaction flowed through her. The trial was over. She did not need to know all of those hateful, hard feelings any longer. Jesus smiled at her. It filled her It filled her entire being with joy and happiness. Kindness was etched in the every angle of her space. Angelic happiness filled her heart at the pleasure she felt from him as he said. Well done. She smiled. She finally understood. The real test of life is not whether you may or may not have made it back to heaven. It's the good things you've done and accomplished in life when you've been given what you've been given, what you've done with your life that makes the trials worthwhile. It is for this cause that we are sent to endure and prevail. He walked towards her again. She watched him with love and so much joy that she could not even speak the words which she wished she could, silenced in his amazing presence. He came until he was standing over her. Love and pride rippled through his bearded eyes. His smile was kind as he watched her. He extended his hands towards her. She looked away from his eyes and down at his hands. She knew some, somewhere in her head what to expect on his hand, but it, st- it still moved her. There it was. the scar that she had always been promised that she would be able to see if she would live righteously. She knew how it, it got there. It had been made for her. Gratitude swelled in her heart as she gazed at it in wonder. eyes my sister,' he said to her. She looked back into his eyes. She gingerly reached out of her hand and placed it on top of his He gently wrapped his hand around hers and pulled her up from her knees. Come follow me, he said, and turned and led through the brightness. She walked to the master's side, hardly able to keep her eyes from his loving face. She had waited so long to see it again. It was like they weren't even walking. There was no hurry in their careful steps. It seemed like no time at all until they reached the destination. A shape began to emerge around her she squinted and tried to see it better the closer they came the larger it got and it seemed to be growing with every step they took before long they came to a mysterious huge thing she looked up and realized it was a towering gate it seemed like a soft white pearly substance that glowed in the bright light its intricate bars were artfully crafted such an amazing craftsmanship that she had never seen before she looked down the gate and saw with awe they extended into the, what seemed to be infinity. The pearly white of the gates was repeated on the wall, with careful faint patterns of cream traced along in intense, soft design. Come, Eleanor, Christ said. Welcome home. The satisfaction returned, deep and welcoming. Christ began to walk forward again, and she followed willfully. They walked through the enormous pearly gates inside was just as bright as it had been people were everywhere inside but somehow it was not crowded it was more than she had ever imagined jesus led her through the massive city smiles were on every face she saw they all looked content and happy everything was glowing there was greenery as well Northern plants and tropical plants mixed with perfection that any gardener would envy. Flowers that glowed with light. The soft grass through the trunks of various trees and flowers. The beauty and perfection of it made her swell with pride. This was her home. The people around her began to hug and kiss her. Welcome home, Eleanor. They all crowned crowned to her. She recognized each of the celestial brothers and sisters and began to hug them in return. Joy tumbled through her yet again. She began to talk with them in their soft, gentle voice, calling each of them by name. Christ stood back a bit and watched with loving eyes and a smile, as gentle as butterfly wings. Then walking forward and I took and took her hand once more. Come, he said gently, I have another task for you. She nodded and followed willfully. He guided her through the immense city until they came to another building. That Christ looked interested in. He walked he began to walk towards it and held the crystal door open for her. She stepped inside with him following. As soon as they crossed the threshold and outside inside, they were struck with the sound of soft music. People filled the massive building, debating others politely to the people around them. They were discussing history and religion. Intense emotions played on their faces, stronger than she'd ever seen before, and they laughed and talked enthusiastically. Where are we, Christ, she asked quietly. You've done well, my sister, Christ began. Uh, oh, dang it. Uh, you brought six of your brothers and sisters down to earth, and you have stayed righteous through your life father is very pleased she nodded once thank you she said humbly you have love for your children as well do you not christ asked gently i do she answered agreed then teach them here she said with a, a soft curve in his lip eleanor gazed at his crystal eyes with mirrors that seemed to be inside reflecting all the radiance of light about yes master she said reverently. his smile brightened again and he looked at the door she followed his gaze and saw a child walking through them the boy looked up at her and smiled she smiled back her heart melted for the happy child he came forward not a half a minute later another girl walked through the door one by one children started to fill the building they each had a hunger for knowledge in their eyes and joy on their faces teach them Christ said with a little girl with an angelic face and a dark hair and walked through the door Eleanor looked around her at the child and smiled. This is something she loved. She had a raging hunger within herself to teach teach children. A smile played within her lips as she began to teach. The children were so polite and had manners beyond even the most proper parents' dreams. Well, Eleanor began, one of the most important things to know about the gospel, and she taught the children. Her passionate love for learning and teaching shone through the face as she spoke carefully, caringly to the children around her. As she taught, the children drank it all in. They felt safe and happy in her presence. Having a teacher with such a warm, happy spirit was important to them. They circled around her and stared up with those big, dull eyes and shone as they listened peace written on their faces. She smiled as she listened to the question one of the children asked, listening carefully. She was content now. She was home at last. Joseph slowly opened his eyes. They couldn't have just happened. He thought, but it had had. But he knew it had. It was unmistakable. For the first time, for at least an hour, he was silent by what he had seen. Three words passed through his mind. It was her. Tears instantly sprang into his eyes. It had been three days since he had been forced to say goodbye to her. The loneliness shadowed him wherever he went. Threat to swallow him at the slightest sign of weakness. He looked over at the side of the bed that was still fully made. He still had not even touched that side of the bed. It was the same as the last time she had made it. As the tears flowed from his eyes, he slowly slid his hands across the soft sheets to where her side of the bed was. It was icy cold without her there to warm it. The feeling of abandonment washed over him. More eyes rolled carefree down his face like rain falling and rolling down a slow-moving car windshield one soft word brushed through his lips but it was one full of pain loss hurt and sorrow Eleanor that broke the wall that was holding back the dam the flood burst forth and he could no longer hold back the sobs they raked his entire being raked his entire being tearing away all that held back composer that he had held in for the entire day he may act this way when he was alone at night, but never could he let someone see him in this state. During the time when the sun shone, he hid behind the concrete barrier of silence, numbered words, and a stone face that gave him absolutely none of his emotions. He couldn't let his family see how much he had already died inside. It was like a band of summarized. Everywhere they went, they reaped destruction and they decided to attack him emotionally, gradually destroying everything in their path until soon there would be nothing left of him. He sniffed and looked around the room. I miss you, he said quietly, and somehow wishing that she could hear him saying the almost silent words, his mind went blank. What back? Back to those precious few weeks, the last time he had been with her. Thank you, he grunted, to her as she lifted his completed clean plate from the table of course she said softly she headed to the sink and began to wash the dishes a frown came upon his face as he thought about the strange behavior of the day she had been unusually quiet joseph got up from the chair and sat down in front of the tv after a while watching tv eleanor silently glided past him and sat down on the chair across for him she waited and for a while didn't say anything finally she began joseph she said in a quiet soft voice he grunted to her knowing he was uh he was listening she waited joseph i need your full attention she said he looked at her then slightly begrudgingly left the remote and turned off the television he sat back and slouched in the couch he folded his hands and placed them on his stomach looking at the carpet he grunted again I was getting ready the other day and I came across a bump on my head, Eleanor said softly. He finally looked up at her uh, soft Asian face. Her glasses reflected the caramel light in the room. I decided not to make sure that it was nothing and go see a doctor. Eleanor continued. I didn't think it would be anything. I just thought it would be better to be safe than sorry, right? Joseph just listened carefully. Eleanor's voice quieted joe she said quietly i received the results from the test today he stared at her not having the courage to say anything the room still with tensions of what she was about to say somewhere inside of him he knew that the answer before she said it but he still denied it joseph her voice didn't even falter as much as it could continued i have cancer joseph shock rippled through him no he thought no it can't be But as he stared into her eyes, he saw how serious she was. No, he said quietly, no. The doctors don't know they're always they're not always right. They have gotten something wrong. Someone's (coughs) results were switched with yours. They've got it wrong. You're healthy, you're strong. You don't, you don't. He tried to come up with more excuses. But none would come to him. I do Joseph she said gently, and it's more serious than just a bump on my head. She began to explain to him the extent of the damage her heart began to harden as he listened. His heart began to harden as he listened to each new area the cancer spread. Not only had it attacked her head, but it went right on to percolate through her liver, lungs, and skin. As if it weren't enough, it went onto the fatty tissue around her abdomen. She shook her head after she was finished explaining. That's impossible, he said. We would have known we would have seen the suitor. Realizing this before it had a chance to get that far. But we did, Eleanor said. Joseph sat silent for a moment, and got up without a word and left the living room. Walked toward his room. It was a long while before she came and joined him. And then he had already showered and was in bed. He didn't wish to talk more about the topic, that it was absurdly wrong. He laid there faint asleep. He felt her pause and look at him after a second she went out left uh she let out a soft sigh and closed the door of the bath, the bathroom turmoil raged inside his head as he tried to fight off the news this couldn't happen not to them after they had seemed forever his brain finally decided to give him a rest and he fell into a troubled sleep the day that They had to tell their family of the news was a terrible experience. Just like a band of red and white warrior-painted Indians, the news of cancer swept a wave of horror throughout the entire family as they realized that this cancer had taken her captive. He tried to be with her as much as he could. Quietly, he helped her with everyday chore. But as the days turned into weeks, and the weeks turned into months, she began to lose any hope. The sparse money that he had saved was just not enough to pay the bills, but he still attempted to keep her healthy. They tried to everything from the basic chemotherapy through nutritional supplements and acupuncture. It slowed the cancer, but it did not stop it. He tried hard to find a cure for her using persistence and determination to keep her with him. Time was short and the feat to save her became his primary goal, like a race against the sun. If only he could stop the sun from setting, he could make it in time to save her. But the race against cancer was a marathon, though, by many, many to be impossible, thought by many to be impossible. Many a strong and mighty man had fallen to cancer, prodding finger, being robbed of time. But Joseph had something uh, some of them had never found, one important key to survive. Joseph loved Eleanor. He, he may not have shown it publicly, but it was inside him. Burning just as bright and brighter than any day that he said, I do. Every day he walked her, uh, cooked her food, drove her to the hot doctor's appointment, and faithfully held her hand as she experienced the sharp, bitter pain. After a while, Joseph's war with the killer disease seemed to be paid off. The cancer had lost some of its strength and was beginning to decrease in size. Joy filled her through the rocky, blistered path of her heart again. With every stride he took, the sun seemed to be staying in place and no longer moving. Maybe, just maybe, they could defeat the undefeatable— They had stopped the sun. Their family was overjoyed to hear the progress that she was making. Merriment was found in their home once more, just as it had been before. The heavy weight on the hearts of each of their family members were still lifted just a little. The feeling was like holding your breath for a long time, then finally being able to excel all of it in the air and finally breathe again. The happiness seemed to last only so long. The arrow was shot and it struck its target. The cancer returned, only this time it was stronger. It fought against everything. In her frail body, she weakened faster. That she had before and the chemicals from the treatment took their toll on her as well. It was fresh into his brain like it had happened just a minute ago. There she lay on that hideous white bed. He sat beside her holding her hand like he had done so many, many times before. Their six children stood around them. She looked at each of them and loved them with the weary eyes. A smile formed on her te- tired lips. She began once more to express how much she truly loved each of them. She stared at her three daughters with pride, at her three handsome sons with jo- understanding and joy. She tried. She he tried. He tried so hard, but it was impossible to hold back those tears. He let them fall silently down his face, trying to not make sure his family did not see. He shied once again behind the stone barrier he hid once more behind the uh, stone barrier he would not let his emotions show a serious face did not help prevent the emotions from escape except for a few tears that he could hold back no more She finally closed her eyes. Pain was scrawled across her face. But even as the deathbed, she was still the strong one. She had always been a rock. The foundation of the relationship, the sturdy stake in the ground that could always hold on to when the winds of evil and hardship tore at him from every direction. He watched her face as she lay there. The hurt on it made him feel every stab of pain within herself her breath became more labored and irregular but then something changed slowly her face melted and formed into one of peace he watched with bewilderment and the smile tugged at the side of her lips she was finally at peace and he knew it the raging hungry storm inside of her was finally subdued and allowed her to leave it behind he felt a weak squeeze on the hand he held on tighter to her soft hand and then the raggedy breathing stopped altogether. A smile, still perfect, formed on her lips. No was all he muttered, and he stared at the one he had shared more than half his life with. The atmosphere in the room instantly became more sober than it had before. There was a quiet tear shed off in the corner and a few sobbing women holding each other. He got up and left the room. He did not need to hear the cries of mourning. The night he lay in bed, in the cold bed, his daughter had come and cooked dinner with a few of her kids. Without a word, he ate the food and went straight to bed without so much as a thank you and left her to clean up and go home. Now he lay in his bed alone. He had done this for a couple weeks now since she had been in the hospital. But now with the realization that tomorrow morning he would not be driving to the hospital and seeing her again and just hold her hand as she spoke quietly to him. The knowledge pressed down on him like a ton of concrete. The pressure on his chest continued to build as he thought about her. It pressed up like the magma below the surface of a volcano, tensing for explosion. It happened not a minute after he sat in the silence of the dead house. The sobs, the tears, the pain, it all burst from him. It was an explosion the pain was too much to handle he cried the entire night though he cried for his own self-pity he cried for the one he had stolen from him he cried for what had been and what was what he thought someone had stolen from him he cried He cried for what had been and what was coming to be. He cried for the last part of his life. He cried for pain and hurt that would not leave. It was early next morning when he finally got up and walked around the house. He looked around at the pictures on the walls and the ones with her, always with her smile and her pretty face. The tidy, spotless room seemed to be closing in on him. Panic took over his mind and he felt the prickling presence of too many walls. He ran for the back door and sprung it open. It was a crisp morning, and the sun had barely decided that it was time to show her face. He breathed in deeply, tasting the fresh, crispness of the air behind around him, like biting into a fresh pickled cold apple. The cool air calmed his senses, and the feeling of claustrophobia left with every exhale. He sat down on the cold concrete and stared out on the teeny piece of uh, tilled ground with life only a couple inches high growing in thick plaster around the field. He always craved plowing raw land and getting his hands dirty with the hard work. The satisfaction of hard, of a hard job well done was the best gift he could be given. But now in these enclosed area around him, his hunger for the open land clawed its way around in him he stared at the sky before him the sky was still dark above him the clouds a dark purple black but as they got closer to the rising sun they ascended into a brighter happier colors the dark purple began to turn into a light blue to the soft yellow hue and into more intense colors gold flecked against the outer fire of the clouds around the source of light the gold. Uh, quickly turned into a bright hot pink with gold echoing and rippling through the pink. He stared at the miraculous sunlight in front of him. The dark purple and navy blue above him seemed to be racing towards the light out there. Wanting so badly to be set on fire and turning into a glowing, fiery beauty instead of dark sadness, he frowned as he stared at the rising sun. It had already set. He lost the race against the sun. He couldn't save her. His eyes pricked, but his tears, no tears came. He cried the last one the night before. He sat outside until the sun was well into the sky, and then walked back inside, cold back into the cold, empty house. And now here he lay in the cold bed, desperate, continued to grip on him. Not only was he alone, but he was scared. This made him angry that he was all that that he of all people was scared. It hurt his pride. He turned on to his side away from the emptiness that lay next to him. He closed his eyes again and tried to block out the pain. A thought came to his mind as he imagined, a wall between the thoughts of her and the pain that came flooding in if he lay on the wall down. It was though so that we all have our time on earth. Of course he had known this before, but now it seemed much—it seemed so much shorter. There were so many evil people peppered around on the small earth, so many lazy, careless people, and he did not need to be numbered among them. The thoughts began to twirl in his head, forming into a developed plan. Yes, he thought, this is what I am supposed to do. And so Joseph continued throughout his life. He made the best of what was given him. He tried desperately to help his family and others around through their lives. He studied the gospel harder than he had ever had before. He did this all with good spirit, but he still found himself thinking of her daily. She followed every thought that crossed his mind, lurking on every corner of his mind, her smile playing in his head a million times a day. He thought for the day when he would join her in the heavenly realm. He tried desperately to do well with his life, but at the same time wishing the balanced act of his destiny would drop to one side and he would be free. His wishes came not long after she was gone. Light, so much light that it burned and blistered his eyes. Everything he turned, everywhere he turned there was light. It stung to glance upon. It stung like needles pronging at his eye. Desperate began to despair began to grip him as the brightness drowned and suffocated him. Too much light. It hurt too bad. He closed his eyes. It was all he could do to try and save his eyes from the burning light. He dropped to the ground, catching himself on the, his hands and knees. His eyes tightly uh, tightly squeezed shut, trying to block out the light. But it wasn't enough. He could still see it the light still burning his eyes like a flame white piece of metal placed in his eyes and left them there to let the pain truly unleash itself upon him he threw his hands to his eyes and tried desperately to shield the light but then it shone through his eyes still scorched a burning fire raging within the brand of the metal he rocked on his knees pain swirled in his head shoving away every thought out The brightness closed in on him still, even with his eyes closed, as tight as he could manage. He wanted nothing more than for pain to be gone. Never had he felt such burning, rage hurt. A single cry broke from his lips as he fell on his side, curling up so that his eyes were also protected by his legs. Agony swirled between his closed lids, swimming around in his head. He wished the pain were gone, wanting nothing more than for the pain to leave. As he thought this, a new sensation began to take over. It began to cool the hot, white hot metal and smouldering, and raging fire. Reliefs began to spread over him. After a moment of pampering out the fires, he dared to open his eyes. He looked around him in wonder what had been a burning tempest a moment ago was now the purest light he had ever seen. It had shone and softly tickled his eyes now. As he stared around him, he saw a personage begin to appear through the light. He stared at the man before him. The light danced around the person with him and every step he took, he stared in awe. The personage's face appeared through the light. Peace, love, happiness, joy, gratitude, every feeling was carved into such a perfect face it struck him with such force that he was silent similar emotions had been painted on his wife's face the man smiled at him then joseph finally recognized who he was my master he said so silently it was almost reverent the lord smiled bright his hand extended towards joseph to raise him to from his knees but Joseph felt that it was best positioned to be in the presence of the Lord. He looked down at the hand before him and he saw the scar that had made him specifically for him. The knowledge of how it was placed there raced around in his head. He looked up at the Savior's eyes and with so much gratitude that it threatened to burst from him. The Savior's eyes were like mirrors as if they held eternity within their depths. The warmth that spread throughout Joseph, as he gazed on Christ, warmed every cold, desperate, empty place in his being. He reached out his hand and placed it atop Christ. He closed his eyes at the touch. An entire lifetime flashed before his eyes, saving the boy from the ditch, being sentenced to an internment camp with his father and mother after moving to America from Japan, enduring these amazing hard time and staying close to what he knew was right later serving the country that had punished him and hurt him, married the one he loved, raised his family in an open fields and crisp air of Idaho throughout his life, never failing from the evil forces sent against him. Coming here to this place before his Lord, he opened his eyes and stared up at his master with such awe. You have done well, the Savior said. Warmth and happiness spread over him. His trial had been larger than some, he had been dealt with so many tribulations that in this final moment, the feeling of accomplishment was over-empowerment. "'Come, my brother,' Christ said, helping pull him to from his knees. Joseph followed the Savior through the light. They came upon a gate, huge, massive bars, intricate cream, designs across the pearly surface. They walked through the gate and into the magnificent city. As soon as he stepped through, a sound hit him. It was like a murmur but grew stronger mightier rumble he soon realized it was the sound of applause he looked around him people lined on every space of the pretty crowded streets by the huge gate wonder rolled over him as he gazed at the joyful faces around him they all smiled and applauded lordy he, he s- still gazed around him why do they cheer in this way the lord turned and mirrored eyes looked at him with patience because joseph he began You've made it, and the more than that, you have done such a good with your life. Not only have you stayed faithful when times were rough, but you believed in uh, me when others did not. You kept faith and kept helping others gain faith. You're a hero to many. These are the people you have done temple work for. It was only by you that they were able to come here. Joseph looked around again. But I'm no hero, he said. I did what I did because I knew it was the right thing to do. And that's all. The Lord smiled. Some do not have courage to do what you know, they know is right to do, the Savior said, replied. Someone that does is hard to find. That is why they are showing such respect and honor. Joseph nodded humbly. "Come," the Lord said. "Follow me." Joseph followed the Savior through the smiling, happy crowd and brightness. They came to a building and stood just outside of it. "I have another task for you, Joseph," he said gently. Joseph folded his arms and looked down. He let he the way of letting people know that he was listening. Christ began to tell him of his new task. Joseph listened carefully, nodding at times. The Lord smiled. Now it's time for you to be fully happy again, he said softly. Joseph followed him through the doors into the huge room. There were people of every shape, size, and color in the room. They were discussing various topics, laughing and smiling as they did. In the middle of the room, he saw a woman sitting in a large cluster of children, she spoke with joy and animation, capturing the attention of each of the children that surrounded her. Joy gushed through him, such pure happiness to see her once again washed through him, and he thought he might explode. Eleanor, Christ said simply and musically. She turned at the sound of the Savior's voice and caught the smile of Joseph. A smile crossed her lips as she instantly knew who he was. The smile brightened her entire countenance as he had remembered and imagined so many, many times before this moment. She rose from her position and began to cross the distance between them. He met her halfway and they embraced a huge hug that eternity itself could not break. He was finally with her again. The wait, the sorrow, the pain was over for good. He was home at last. Midori Nishimoto, dedicated to my loving grandmother. Thank you, grandmother, for always being there to teach me how to be a better person. You are an amazing, role model, and have all and having such an adorable sense of humor i love you life sometimes dishes out the hardest times it can but they put it here for a reason we must learn to overcome those hardships and more importantly learn from them the hero is not made from some easy assignment the true hero is formed when it conquers evil and builds itself upon terrible times There is a hero that lies within each of us. We, all we have to do is work to unleash it. And if humbly done, then we shall succeed. And there we will find one of our greatest treasures.